Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Welcome to episode 25 of the Sport Manitoba podcast. Nolan Cole back with you. I'm the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. At Sport Manitoba, our goal is simple. We aim to ensure every Manitoban has access to the resources they need to achieve their full athletic potential. And we do this every day by developing the skill sets of Manitoba's athletes, coaches, volunteers, and officials. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province. A reminder that all 24 of our previous episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And we want to emphasize that we followed all public health and physical distancing guidelines in producing this podcast episode. Our No Ref, No Game campaign has been running all year long as we share the stories of so many great Manitoba officials who are such an important part of our sport community. We're featuring some of these officials on our social media channels and on our website, and now we were able to have a couple of them on as guests on our podcast. I'll introduce you to two local officials next, right after a word from our sponsors and campaigns. Sport Manitoba's annual Bison Transport Sport Leadership Series is committed to empowering and inspiring women to become leaders in sport. This year we have a free five-part online series that continues with our third session, Keeping Girls in Sport, on January 27th. To register or to learn more about the series, visit sportmanitoba.ca. Everyone in the sport community has felt the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's why for this year's Night of Champions, we want to feature inspiring stories of triumph and perseverance stemming from the unexpected changes in sport in 2020. To learn more about our new Night of Champions criteria, visit sportmanitoba.ca and get your nominations in by January 15th. Do you have a coach who has made a profound impact on your life? Nominate them for the Sport Manitoba Coaching Awards. To accommodate all of the disruptions in sport this past year, our award winners will be selected based on their entire body of work throughout their coaching careers. Visit sportmanitoba.ca to learn more. Submission deadline is January 15th. Kyle McCulloch began his officiating career as a 15-year-old high school student, first on the basketball court and then on the football field. From the high school level to junior to the 2017 Vanier Cup, Kyle has traveled across the country and even as far away as Mexico wearing the stripes. The 34-year-old is now an executive member of the Canadian Football Officials Association. Meanwhile, Carrera Lamaru is a little newer to the officiating world. After wrapping up her university basketball career at Algoma University in Ontario, Carrera started refing on the hardwood in 2017. She's worked college-level games in the past, and she's looking forward to the opportunity to officiate at the university level once the games resume. For a look into the fast-paced, exciting, and often challenging world of officiating sports, Kyle and Carrera joined the podcast to discuss their favorite aspects of being a referee, what keeps them coming back, and the advice they have for other young officials. Here's our conversation. Kyle Carrera, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I just want to start with the past year because I know it's been a challenging one for everyone in the sport community, including you guys as officials. So just curious what it's been like for you, Carrera. Maybe we'll start with you. How have you kind of adjusted to this new normal? Well, it, it feels weird to be clear, not being on the court, um, not seeing my referee friends, not being involved in the community as much. However, um, we've been able to connect a lot through Zoom, um, through you know like other online means, phone calls, video calls, those kinds of things. And um, we've been watching a lot of game film, and that's kind of the way that we've just been sort of staying close to a game that hopefully comes back really soon. Yeah, same thing. Lots of Zoom meetings, uh, lots of uh, connecting via text message, WhatsApp, stuff like that, staying connected with the, with the group. 
Um, video, videos, lots of, lots of fun going over stuff, getting into the rule book a little bit more, a little more time to do that. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's weird not being out in the field. A Friday night in, uh, in, the, in the fall is a little different these days. And uh, weekends spent uh, doing a little more different things. But uh, yeah, it's been weird and looking forward to getting back out there with everyone, I think. When the games do resume, have you thought about maybe how the games will be different in terms of the rules? Have you, have you covered a little bit of that? Or what do you think the changes are going to be? Yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was talk of changes if we were to go forward. Um, a lot less of, you know, for football, we're, we're placing the ball every, every play, right? A little more of looking to, to players to help us with that. Masks, stuff like that. Uh, whistles in masks, stuff like that too. So um, there's, there's talks, there's thoughts about what it may look like in the future um, until we have kind of an idea of what things are going to look like going forward. But yeah, there's definitely going to be some changes and uh, be interesting, interesting to see how the game adapts to them a little bit. So. Everyone seems to have a different mask design these yeah. days. I saw some ones with some stripes. I don't know if you guys will be wearing those or not. But, uh, Claire, what about you? Have you thought ahead to maybe what the changes will be on the basketball court once once the games start again? Um, I would say we're saying goodbye to the high fives at the beginning oh, of the okay, game or yeah. after, I would imagine. Um, I remember that I was actually refing on the day that everything was shut down. And I thought to myself, I have you know given every single person on this court a high five. Um, but otherwise, I imagine we'll be masked and um, probably less touching of the ball or minimizing it between players. Just those kinds of things, I think. But all sacrifices willing to be made if we get to play and ref again. Absolutely. Hey, so I'll stick with you here, Carrera. I know you played basketball at the university level at a few different schools. Um, just curious, though, what, what drew you to the officiating side of the sport? Truthfully, I started officiating because I needed a job that was flexible enough to manage my school schedule. And rumor has it that officials like made good money. That's that's what I, that was like my in. And um, so that's what I did. I started refing and I thought to myself, actually, I kind of like this. And as an athlete, opportunities, you know, to develop athletically, but also, you know, crave moments for developing, I guess, like game wise too was really addictive to me. And before I knew it, you know, middle school refing became, you know, high school became college and now university. So. And Kyle, you, uh, how did you get started and what drew you to it? You know, it's funny. I had uh, finished playing football at the major level. I was, you know, 22 years old in school. Um, and I wanted to keep involved, but, uh, the thought was always coaching and I wasn't sure if I had the commitment, uh, time to do that with school and with, uh, and, and with, you know, working part-time and such. And so I, you know, saw a clinic and I signed up and, you know, it's funny, I think I put in more time as a ref sometimes than I do if I would have uh, coached at different levels. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really just trying to find a way to stay involved and kind of uh, do something with my spare time. And, you know, here we are 13, 12, 13 years later, still doing it. So yeah, good stuff. And Carrera, you just talked about, you know, you, you, you played and then it was a transition to officiating. But did your experience as an athlete help you maybe in terms of, you know, the instinct strategy, that competitive environment? Do you, does all of that, that experience as a player, does that help you now as a ref? Yes, it's both a blessing but and a curse. I think because as a player, you play the game because you know the game, right? You feel the game, you understand the game, and you experience the game from a very different perspective. However, as a referee, you're asked and encouraged to take a step back, to still be involved in the game, but in a way that's very objective. And so that's where your rules knowledge comes in. So yes, it's helped me tremendously because I get to hang on to that sort of innate sense or feel of the game. But now I really have to partner that with more rules knowledge. So I'm not just refing because I feel a certain way about some kind of thing that happened in the game. Is it a lot of work keeping up with the rule book? Does it change a lot? Yeah. It changes <laughs> all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 What about you as a player, Kyle? Did that kind of help you uh, transition into the officiating side? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, having the knowledge of, uh, of the game and being on the field, I think uh, I, I played offensive and defensive lines, so I knew the, 
the things that were going on in the uh, in the middle and uh, what to look for. Um, obviously, you, like I agree, you got to step back and you got to look at it as a perspective as as an official now, and uh, you know the impacts those kind of things had on the play, the impacts uh, it's making on on the game. So I think uh, yeah, definitely it, it helps to get that uh, have that knowledge and that understanding. And it gives you a chance to kind of take a broader look at, at everything going on. Do you find that you relate to the players a little bit better because you have that playing experience? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think back of some discussions that I had with referees or interactions I saw others having with referees and, you know, maybe some interactions that I didn't like as much or appreciate as much. And you, you want to be a, someone that is respected on the field. So, uh, and I think, you know, knowing the, kind of the conversations you've seen in the past and being able to have those conversations in a more in the manner that I that I want to come across in as a, as a person and have those conversations with those players. So, yeah, definitely. Do you find you relate to the players better as well, Carrera? I would say so. Yeah. I think it also gives me something to look for, like you were saying, because I know the kind of player that I was. So when I meet a player like that on the court, I'm like, I know what you're up to because I would have done all the same <laughs> things. But at the same way, that's an opportunity to connect with them, right? To start a conversation, to create some kind of relationship that if it lasts the whole game, then you've got something good going for you. So, Kyle, for you, it was football, a little bit of basketball that you yep. started with. Okay, so basketball, football, what was yeah. your favorite? You know, I mean, I, f football was for me. Um, I think just because I put a little more time into it. Basketball, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, junior high stuff. And I, I, I got up to do a little bit of high school, but I was putting more time into the football. And I was seeing myself progress more in football. Yeah. So I kind of put a little more uh, effort into that and uh, stuck with that a little longer. So. Is it true there's holding on every play? There's like holding, that old on, cliche? Every, there's holding <laughs> on every single play. I played on the line. There's holding on every single play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so in terms of basketball, Carrera, maybe one thing about officiating that sport that people would be surprised to know. I actually think that people would be surprised to know that officials have to stay in excellent shape. And I think that, especially for officials that have been, you know, aspired to be elite or to ref an elite level, I think that sometimes, especially as like a young player, we get this like particular image of that Saturday morning referee in our minds that shows up to the gym, you know, with like coffee in hand. Um, however, that isn't the status quo and that there's actually a lot of officials that work like outside very diligently on things like mechanics, on their running form, um, on how they present themselves. And they do this all trying to stay like in excellent shape. I did not know that as an official. When I started, I was like, get out that people practice their mechanics. Blew my mind. I never knew what mechanics was before being an official, yeah, I'll tell you. But now exactly. it's the only it's the only word we know now. It's is mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting. One more question, then we'll take a quick break here. But uh, I'm curious, certain characteristics that you think a good official needs to have? Carrera will go with you first. I think you need confidence. I think you need to present yourself confidently sometimes you don't always know but you got to fake it till you make it i'm learning Absolutely. that <laughs> uh composure lots going on especially in heated games tight games so uh staying composed and staying staying in it i think is important referees kyle mcculick and carrera lamaru are our guests on the sport manitoba podcast we'll be back with the second half of our discussion in just a moment kids sport believes in the power of sport to transform lives sport fuels healthy habits creates safer communities improves mental health and helps cultivate the leaders of tomorrow since 1993 kids sport has helped over 930,000 kids from coast to coast get into the game this holiday season you can give the gift that gives back give the gift of a sport visit kidsport.ca slash manitoba to donate today so all kids can play 
Sport Manitoba and Doctors Manitoba joined forces in 2013 to launch Fit Kids Healthy Kids. Both partners saw the need to promote physical literacy as a means to combat health risks associated with a sedentary lifestyle such as type 2 diabetes and obesity. Doctors Manitoba has been generously supporting Fit Kids Healthy Kids financially since its inception. Learn more at fitkidshealthykids.ca. When you head out on the snowmobile trails this winter, keep safety in mind. Keep your speed down and your eyes on the trail ahead to watch for hazards. Utility poles are sometimes anchored with guy wires for stability. Guy wires are usually easy to spot with their bright yellow plastic covers, but if the covers have been removed or covered with snow, they can be a real hazard. Stay clear of the area around dams and rivers and avoid sledding over water. This message is brought to you by Manitoba Hydro. Okay, I'm going to put both of you on the spot here for a minute. So you got quite a bit in common. You're both officials. You both do basketball or did basketball. Is there a question you'd like to ask each other while you're in the same room? Kyle, anything you got for Carrera? Oh, man. <laughs> so, what, uh, so what challenges are you finding, if any, while trying to move up the ranks? Um, I would say that my like my size and my presence are continual challenges. Um, I'm not very big. Like clearly, I'm not like a very formidable person. And so sometimes I have a very hard time asserting myself on the court. Like you just need to remember that I'm there. And so I, the things that I have to do, like I have to stand up straight. Um, I have to have mechanics that are big. Those kinds of things. And that is a challenge because sometimes you might look at me and say like, "There's no way that she could keep up with so and so, or or no way that she could wrap the game at this level because I, I appear small. I'm also young. Um, however. I'm slowly learning that that's okay. It's just more time to gather experience, I would say. Anything for Kyle, Carrera? Rumor has it that you also officiated basketball at one yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. So, in your opinion, what is it? What's harder to officiate, basketball or football? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I would say probably, probably basketball, honestly, because I found there's a lot more interpretation of things, right? Um, you know, going down court, you could probably call a foul in some of those high school games almost every time if you wanted to, right? Um, so I found there's a lot more, you gotta, there's a lot more interpretation, just like pass interference, slow downfield, same idea. But uh, I found I found basketball to be a little more challenging to to uh, to do, yeah, for sure. I thought he was gonna say football. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so, it, it's so tough because it's two different, two different games, right? So I found with football, you know, we got five officials on the field, right? So we got we got a lot of communication, a lot of um, a, you know, a lot of a lot of support and help. I found with basketball sometimes, you know, two on the court, um, you know, the rare one on the court instance, right? Those are tough days, um, and you, you you lose a little bit of the communication. I found um, with the with the two on the court, um, but definitely, I think uh, I felt. Um, as basketball, like I said earlier, a little more uh, of the gray area I found more than, than football. Uh, there's definitely a lot of gray area in football, and it's not easy to officiate, but basketball I found uh, definitely to be a little more on the challenging side for me. Yeah. So based on your experience, Kyle, what would you say is the toughest aspect of being an official, the hardest thing about the whole job? Uh, definitely keeping composure. Yeah. Uh, keeping composure, but you know, there's there's instances where um, and finding the right time to have a conversation and not have a conversation, right? There's times when you got coaches or players that are seeing red, and you know those instances, and you know, you know why you made the call, you know uh, what the situation on the field is, but you also know what they're experiencing, right? You've play, I've played the game, I've been a part of situations where you know I haven't been happy with calls on the field, and you know that they just want to vent to you, and it's not always productive, right? So knowing the the time to to step away and getting away from it and not escalating a conversation or getting into a conversation when it's not time. Um, especially for me, you know, with football, it's a small community, 
I've played football with a lot of coaches. Uh, some of my coaches are still coaching. And, you know, they've said uh, we've had conversations that aren't always the most pleasant on the yeah. field. But afterwards, you know, it's uh, it's all, you know, good to see you, see you next time kind of thing. So uh, definitely keeping the personal aspect out of it while you're officiating and trying to stay away from those those big moments that could uh, could go could go wrong. What do you think, Carrera? Hardest thing? Uh, I would say game management is the hardest thing, similar to what Kyle was saying, just in the sense of, um, yes, you might have made a call, and yes, there might be very particular reactions to that call, but then you, the game still is going. You still have to referee. You still have to continue. And I think in those moments, it's, you know, how do I, how do I, I guess, take the air out of this situation so that it doesn't explode, so that we can just keep playing, because it's, it's just basketball, and it's just a game, mm -hmm. and sometimes we forget that in the process. Are there certain things you, you've learned, like in terms of how to deal with parents or coaches? Are there, I mean, just from experience, like have you gotten better at dealing with them? Because obviously, they're, to me, they're, they come into play mm -hmm. in a lot of these games, right? I would say I have gotten way better. First and foremost, yeah. because I have limits. I think initially when I started, I thought that anyone could say whatever to me and that whatever they had to say mattered. I'm slowly learning that just because you are a parent, just because you are spectating and you know watching your son or your daughter play doesn't give you the right to say mean things to me because I have no, I have no um, stake in this game. And so to handle them, oftentimes I'll simply remind them like, hey, you know, I'm like, you know, I might ask them a question, why do you, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll, or I'll give them the rule, I'll be like, hey, did you actually know this? And when I make parents think, um, or I make coaches think, and I make them reflect, it just sort of deflates them for a brief second, and it gives them a moment to sort of calm down, and then we can move on. And oftentimes, if they don't have the answer, they realize that this is a much more difficult situation than they probably anticipated when they got upset with me in the first place. Interesting. Kyle, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, uh, you know, on the field, I try to avoid parents and the crowd as much as possible. I think uh, there's times where I'll get, uh, you know, I'll be at a game, maybe evaluating or watching a, a game, and uh, you're on the crowd side, and you hear the comments, and, you, you know, you maybe bring up, uh, you know, why maybe it was called this way or my perspective from it. And, you know, sometimes people like to hear that, not always. So you always got to pick the right spots. Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely grown as a communicator with coaches for sure. You know, at the start, you know, when I started officiating, I was 15 years old, right? Uh, officiating basketball yeah. and, uh, you know, a lot of it was high school kids, so it wasn't too, too bad. But then you got the, the gym teachers or the parents and coaching and, you know, a 15-year-old trying to communicate with an adult isn't always, isn't always easy. Um, and they, so I think I've definitely gotten better with that. You, you learn to listen a little bit more and try to explain uh, the best you can by not going too much into detail you know i've heard people quoting rule books and quoting sections and that doesn't <laughs> oh, that really? doesn't that doesn't do it for you right it uh fans doing that parents no do no it? like people will go and try and have a, a conversation with a with a coach or quote a rule book or yeah oh. you know what or coaches will come back and say you know it says this right here in the <laughs> oh, rule book really, and eh? oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and you try not to get into the the meat and potatoes of the numbers <laughs> of the rule books and all that but you want to have it just a you know your interpretation of the rules what's important so you know, I didn't have this written down, but I just thought of this. Like, just in terms of football, mm -hmm. is there any other sport where the officials have as much impact on the game, play by play? Like, it just seems like football. Every play, a flag could be thrown yeah, for multiple different things. Yeah. Whereas, you know, maybe some other sports, yeah. basketball, there's a little more flow. But would you agree with that? Do, do do refs have more of an impact in football than any other sport? Do you think? I like to think we have the potential to yeah, have yeah, yeah. more impact. Not necessarily. We try not to impact it. Right? Uh, you know, a, a, a good yeah. day is. No flags on the field, right? Let them play. Right? Let them play, right? But, um, you know, I like to think that we leave the players to dictate that. Um, obviously, it's not always the case. But, uh, you know, we, we uh, definitely, we could, there definitely could be an impact on every play. And, you know, a 15-yard penalty is huge in a football game, yes. right? You know, in, in basketball too, right? Uh, 
a simple extra step here scene or a simple you know heel on the sideline too could be called a, a differently every way too so i think you know there's definitely an impact on every play we, we could if we wanted to uh, yeah. but we never want to do that so on the opposite end of the spectrum from the hard parts of the job carrera uh, favorite aspect of officiating and what keeps you coming back every year I would be lying if I said, or if I didn't say that I absolutely adore big games. I love them. And I think part of that's just because, you know, being an athlete, those moments when the crowd is excited and you see the players and they're excited and then you get to be a part of that experience. But I also really love the mundane stuff, like the stuff yeah. where, you know, in the middle of a tournament, you get to go to the break room and you get to see your other referee friends. And you just get to talk referee, talk basketball, catch up. I actually really miss those moments the most because those are some of my, you know, my closest friends. And because of COVID, unfortunately, I haven't seen them as of late. So I'm excited to be able to experience those moments again. Kyle? You know, I'd have to agree with both those. The big game's always fun. Um, you know, you're in a big moment, lots of people. Uh, everyone's excited and you, you know, you, you gotta be the cool, calm one. And <laughs> I like that challenge personally. Um, and then the camaraderie, right? Like it's, it's great. We, uh, during the season, we meet every two weeks. Uh, so we get the opportunity just to sit down and chat talk football, um, talk about, you know, how the last two weeks went, talk about how our, you know, weird things we've seen here and there. And those are, you know, those are fun conversations. And uh, I don't think you realize how much you miss it in, uh, until it's kind of been about a year since we've done those, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely that. Do you have a highlight that stands out for you, whether it be, I know you were in the Vanier Cup, yeah. you were in Mexico for the World Championship, yeah. something that stands out for you? I mean, it's, it's hard to compare both of those moments. Uh, the Vanier Cup, as an amateur official, right, it's the, it's the pinnacle, right? It's where you, it's where you want to go. Uh, you know, I was in Hamilton, 10,000 people. It was a live national game. So you got the Sportsnet crew there. That was just cool to walk around beforehand. Once it kicked off, you know, it was a regular game, but uh, cool moment. And Mexico City was, I mean, uh, Mexico City itself is, is an interesting place to go visit, right? And uh, the game was, you know, kind of had the soccer feel. So the first game I did was uh, Mexico against Japan. And uh, you walk out on the field, you look up to the crowd, and down the aisles, you got rows of police just kind of standing there waiting for, waiting for something to happen, I guess. And uh, you got signs, you got chants, you got, uh, you know, there was, I think the final game that they had there, they had, I want to say it was close to, I don't want to overshoot this, but uh, it was, you know, close to 50,000 people, I think, that they said that they had. Um, and it was, it's just, it was, it was remarkable to go to a country where you don't really see the, the sport, uh, you know, you think of Canada, you think of US, right? Yeah. And to go and see the way, you know, the, the way different areas of the world take it, you know, there's guys from all over the world there to officiate and there's teams from all over the world. So just, it was cool to see that and be part of that. And they played at soccer stadiums, like fo regular so they football played at the, Yeah. So regular, it was, it's uh, uh, IFAF rules. So that's the uh, American football rules. It's pretty similar to NCAA in the States. So that was a big adjustment to start with for me too. Uh, you know, we're learning a whole different rule book basically because um, Canadian game is really different. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was in their uh, Olympic Stadium there that they had. So okay. an old stadium, really cool to, to be in and take a walk around and check out, yeah. Who was the winner in the end? Canada won, they beat Mexico in the finals, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. Highlight for you, Carrera, Top t some top moments from your career so far? Um, I think I have a few, but one of my favorite moments was um, our referee was unable to show up I, I believe that they got stuck in traffic because of the weather and there was no one to officiate there was a men's college game after and um, I had wrapped the women's game and by default they said well hey like we really need someone would you stay and I'm like yes I'll stay because the men's game is a lot of fun to officiate it's so fast um, you know they they get up they dunk and it's exciting for me who like I don't really get to be a part of that not much of that is happening in the women's game at my level so I got to officiate that men's college game and that was probably my favorite game um, that I remember so far anyways good stuff 
I think this is an important question. Advice for young officials, um, you know, maybe people who are just starting out, who are thinking about getting involved, trying it out. What would you say to those people, Carrera? I would encourage young officials, specifically young women, find a mentor, like find an ally in all of this because, you know, as a young female official, you have very particular experiences and it's really helpful to have a community, not only of women, but of people that you trust that, you know, you can vent to because you're going to need to vent sometimes as an official, but also someone that checks you that says like, actually, you know what, you made a mistake here. You got to own it. You got to get better. We got to move on. And I think when you have that community, then that only just helps you succeed and it helps you stay in the game, really. Did you have mentors along the way? Yes, yeah. and I still do. Yeah, always looking for new ones and continuing to open that circle. Kyle, advice for young officials? Yeah, mentorship's huge. Uh, when we start in our association, we make sure that uh, we assign a mentor to someone. So, uh, you know, find someone, uh, someone you can uh, bounce ideas off of, somebody you can take criticism from, and be open to criticism. You know, you're not going to be perfect the moment you step on the field. So be open to criticism and just ask questions. Just dig into the rule book, dig into the mechanics, and ask questions, and just keep keep learning, right? You know, we're, we're learning stuff every day still. You know, we go back and we watch film and we're still learning. Um, join in on sessions that uh, are open to you. Uh, if, you know, if you hear the university guys are getting together to watch some film, ask if you can join in. Stick around after a meeting and have a chat with some of those guys and and just just soak it all in and learn from them. Lots of film? Is it a lot of watching game tape? I find once we got to our, uh, once we got to the university level, definitely, um, just because there's, uh, you know, we're, we're evaluated play by play. And when yeah, we get an evaluation, we want to go see and, you know, I'll watch a play over a hundred times if it uh, did not meet standards is the call, uh, is, the, is the saying we, we look for. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Future goals. Kyle, what does it future hold for you? Do you think, would you like to do pro one day? Yeah. I mean, that's always, I'm always working towards that, but, uh, if it doesn't get to that, uh, you know, I'm enjoying working Can, Can West football and uh, working working championship games. Tra you know, I've had the opportunity to travel, keep traveling across the country. Uh, you know, if I can get a couple more vannies under my belt, I wouldn't, uh, yeah. wouldn't say no to that. Uh, and, you know, the game's expanding across the world. So if there's more opportunities to, to travel and do tournaments in other, in other cities, definitely keep, keep my eye open for that and stay involved in that. Claire, what about you? What would you like to accomplish in the future? I think I'd like to be FIBA carded. I'd like to have the opportunity okay. to uh, referee internationally. However, if you would have asked me, you know, even just a year ago, if I would have desired to do anything more than high school, I would have been unable to give you an answer. But I think the more that you get, you know, exposure to those development opportunities and the more you realize how much is out there, especially because the pathway looks very similar to that of an athlete, then, you know, it becomes like, you know, you're all in and you're hooked. And I think for me, that decision was, although pretty recent, makes me feel as though I would love to be um, FIBA carded. Could you ever see yourself doing another sport or dabbling in one? <laughs> That's a great question. As of right now, no. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay true to my roots. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, last question for both of you. And I guess this kind of centers around maybe some of the misconceptions about officials, which is part of our, our campaign this year, as you guys know. I guess if there's one message you had from the perspective of an official to the players, fans, parents, everyone involved in the sport community, what would kind of that message be for you, Carrera? I think that as an official, I would encourage everyone around me, whether they're coaches, players, spectators, that you know, opportunities to play and to compete, regardless of the level, are a privilege. And we're just here to ensure that everyone is safe, that everyone has a really good time. But in those moments of intensity, of conflict, whatever it might be, I just encourage everyone to think. Just take a brief second to ask yourself, is it worth it to say this? Or is it worth it to you know, conduct myself in this manner? And I think if we just had those brief moments of self-reflection, we might be a little bit more successful. <laughs> well said. Kyle, last word to you. Yeah, I think... Uh when you look at an official, a lot of times you see the stripes, but there's a person there too, right? 
uh, you know, we all got full-time jobs, we all got families, uh, and, you know, we all take uh, comments to heart uh, different ways. So just, just realizing there's a person behind, uh, behind that stripes and uh, that that person cares. They're, they're there for a reason, right? Um, the one thing I always, I always hate to hear from a player or coach is, you don't care about this, you're just here for the money or for, you know, just a, you're just here. And this, it's not true, right? Uh, grew up playing the game, love the game, and that's why we keep doing it. That's why we, uh, we're not getting rich out there, that's for sure. <laughs> I want to thank you both for coming on and all the best with your officiating careers in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks again to Kyle McCulloch and Carrera Lamaru for coming on to talk about their officiating careers, and we wish them all the best once the games resume and they're able to put the striped shirts back on. If you like this episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast. All of our episodes are available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media. It's at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we encourage you to get involved in our No Ref, No Game campaign. Use the hashtag No Ref, No Game on Twitter and Instagram to share your stories and experiences, both good and bad. And if you know of an athlete, coach, or somebody else involved in sport, maybe another official who you think would make for a good guest on our podcast, let me know. Email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. Thanks to those of you who listened to our episodes throughout the entire year. Happy holidays, stay safe, and look for our next episode in 2021. I'm Nolan Cole. Thanks for listening to the Sport Manitoba podcast. Sport Manitoba.